Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Episode 129. Hey, Richards, I'm Hayut, and I hope you are all feeling well and happy. I'd like you to know that being here with you is my very fun and happy part in starting a new week. And before we will jump to the fantastic and enjoyable show with Ramon Ray, I would like to invite you to my free live webinar, The Actionable Steps of Addressing the Three Core Challenges of Entrepreneurial Business Success. Finding the right customers for you, building your social media presence, and building a leading brand and become an influencer in your market. I also want to promise you a very special gift from me for all of you who will register and attend this live training. I believe you will find it very helpful since these are the three challenges that hold many of you from reaching your entrepreneurial business success. It's going to be a very fun and useful free live training and I look forward to meeting you there. So go to richormiss.com slash free training and sign up to my free masterclass. And now, let me introduce you, my guest today, Ramon Ray. Ramon Ray is an entrepreneur, author, and speaker who loves burnt pancake, bacon, and eggs. He is the founder of Smart Hustle Media, has started four companies and sold two. Ramon has authored four books and his latest book is Celebrity CEO, How Entrepreneurs Can Thrive by Building a Strong Personal Brand. Ramon has been invited as an expert witness to the United States Congress, invited by the Office of the President of the United States to speak at the White House on personal branding and produced many events, including the Smart Hustle Small Business Conference, Small Business Summit, Small Business Technology Tour, Small Biz Big Things, and more. Ramon's expertise is technology, marketing, sales, business startup and growth, and his favorite is personal branding. Ramon was chosen to interview President Obama in the President's first live Google Hangout and was part of the U.S. delegation to India, led by Ivanka Trump, for the Global Entrepreneurship Summit. Ramon Ray, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for thinking I can say something useful to your amazing community and audience, so thanks for having me. You know, I think you have a lot of very helpful things to say and inspiring things. Should we tell them our secret or shouldn't we? 
Please go for it. Go for it. So we will tell you our secrets. Actually, Ramon and I had exactly this interview like one and a half months ago. And this was the first and I hope only time that the whole interview wasn't recorded. <laughs> and I've done it before, by the way. And by the way, whoever's listening, now that you heard our secret, you can't tell anybody else. This is just <laughs> yeah. our collective secret, our collective secret now. Sure. Nobody should hear about that. <laughs> But Ramon was very kind to come again. And this interview, when we talked, was so fun. And I really thought you, my listeners, can't miss it. So we're both very happy to do it again. Indeed. With pleasure. Ramon, I'm so happy to talk with you again. My honor. Thanks. And I just shared with my audience what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us, what are you doing and most passionate about today? And where are you heading? Sure, absolutely. Great question. Where I'm heading, you know, listen, I, I love what I do. And in essence, uh, I educate business owners how to start and grow their businesses. I am not a consultant. I am not a coach. But I do my education through the content that we produce through Smart Hustle. So as you may know, Hayut, we have events. We have online content, we have blog posts and articles, podcasts and et cetera. And then on the other hand, yes. I also work with uh, leading brands, small brands, large brands, and help represent them, add credibility, authenticity to their messaging. So imagine any of the biggest brands in the world may say, Ramon, can you help us create content? Ramon, can you speak at our events? Ramon, can you host some live video? So that's kind of what I do. I have this community of business owners on one hand, and then I also work with brands and help them better reach their audiences. And I love it. Every single day. And my secret wish, uh, some of your audience may know that Steve Harvey, he's kind of like the Oprah Winfrey, except he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> And so my goal is to have my <laughs> own TV show, even though TV is quote unquote dying. Wow. I still would love my own TV show on CNBC or CNN or Fox or something. And that's my only goal. <laughs> So I wish that for you and I wish that for us. I'm sure it will be great. And there is something that you said that um, mm. I thought is interesting. A lot of people also when they're helping other companies and brands, while they're speaking, while they're having their speaking obligations or when they're speaking, they are doing it for mm. themselves. And you said that you use your speaking as part of the package that you are giving mm. your clients. Correct. Yeah. It's beautiful. How do you do that? I mean... Yeah, and what that is is that, I mean, you have a few different types of speakers, but of course, some speakers may speak uh, for free, as it were, with a hope to get leads, visibility for some future consulting. And that's what many people kind of know speakers as. But as, as a professional speaker, as many people call it in the industry, that means a brand may pay me uh, to say, Ramon, we're having an event called the Dell Conference, Skype Conference, SAP Conference, whatever it is. Can you host it? Can you speak at it? Can you represent us? So it's 80% just having fun, kind of what you see me do online, and 20%, 10% sliding in their brand, making people feel good about the next time they see that brand. So it's not direct advertising, but it's kind of a feel-good moment. That's what I do and why brands like to work with me. Well, I love this. Who are your customers? What are they like? What, sure. what are you looking for? Who would you say... It's not what I do or, or and who would you take? Yeah, I think on one hand, the community that I serve, and again, we, we don't make so much money from them. Yeah, we have membership communities and things, but that's not a big revenue driver. But the community are, I, I, like to, I call them smart hustlers. 
and they really <laughs> and they really look like me. These are companies who are not trying to be billion-dollar venture-backed company necessarily. They could be. And so the content and information I share with your audience and others, it's still relevant. But smart hustlers are those also who are not just scraping by, you know, making 50,000 U.S. or 30,000 U.S., which some people may make, and, and God bless them, and that's not a problem. But the <laughs> point that I'm making is that it's that sweet spot of 200 to $1 million in sales with a small team, if that helps my ideal community member. That's kind of the, the, the specialty we do. So they have needs, and those are our specialty are for those who want to really be profitable but live a great life. And the second part, Hayut, is, the, of course, the brands. So any global brand or even a, a, a smaller brand that, that is spending money to market to small businesses, yeah. they often work with Ramon to help them do that. So those are the two types of customers we have. And Ramon, tell me about, a bit about how did it start and how did you choose doing what you do today? Sure. Well, um, since we shared a secret at the beginning and your audience seems very trustworthy, I'll share another secret. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll share maybe a few secrets. But the short of it is, and then I'll get to my big secret, is that I, I you know, listen, uh, we are who we are. Why did I not become a chef or a painter? I don't know. But for some reason, there is this knack of technology, even as a young age. I was always a tinkerer, computers and things of this nature. So as I became adult, I think that kind of stayed with me. Uh, I, quote unquote, discovered the Internet. Uh, I was yeah. a user of Prodigy. I doubt people know Prodigy. Maybe AOL. Mm. You know, in the U.S., we used to get in the mail these three and a half inch floppy disks all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of the age or the era that I was into computers. The 286 computer, one megabyte of RAM or less to give people a time frame. Um, so I'm a geek. Uh, and and <laughs> let's, as you said, let's admit it. I'm a geek. <laughs> Exactly. I'm a geek all the way. And technology, of course, has changed. Now computers are more disposable and few people upgrade their hard drive because of online sharing. But the point is, is that uh, then I discovered that you could put content online. And I remember now we call it WordPress blogging. I've been blogging since 1991-ish, uh, I believe the date is. No, Yeah, I think that's the date. Give or take. Yeah, long time. <laughs> sure didn't have an internet then. Exactly. M many people, that was the beginning. And I remember saving blog posts, manually uploading them to a server. So my point is that was kind of my early start with computers. Fast forward then, I had a full-time job at the United Nations for some years, and that's the regular United Nations that we all know. Uh, I was working in an office there, and eventually I got fired. Oh. Um, I say fired or resigned. Because of my entrepreneurial journey, um, I had permission to do it at one point. But then the permission was revoked, and so that became some political internal issues. And the point is, that kind of launched me to full-time careers who I am today. Hmm. So it was a good thing. It was indeed. It was a good thing. You know, you are an entrepreneur, and you are all over with entrepreneurs. We see each other, and I see you in so many places with entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. also writing about that. And I want to ask you, what would be your best advice to entrepreneurs? Regarding their customer focus or their customer's approach, because this podcast is about successful entrepreneurs, but mainly about not the technology part, also some technology, but mainly about bringing their story and how they are doing that or how they aren't, because we know the success rates, we know the numbers, 
we know how many entrepreneurs fail mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs say that their reason to fail the first reason is no market need and I guess mm. the two of us suspect that it's not about market need but it's about the know-how to actually come from the The point of view of looking and listening to your customers or how to talk with these customers mm-hmm. and how to build your brand and your marketing. First of all, perhaps you think differently. And second, I want your best advice. Yeah, sure. And you can help me, uh, how to, um, but this is very relevant to a conversation I just had in the past 24 hours as we're taping this now. I was talking with an older lady, young lady of color, and bottom line is I asked her, I kept asking her, what are you doing to get attention? What are you doing to get leads? What are you doing to convert those leads to customers? She had a very difficult time clearly mm. articulating those three things. So that's one half of the equation. Just, and again, that's just what I do all day. We can talk about these in depth, but attention. Attention tr- attracts to leads, meaning those who are not customers, but they may be, and then converting the leads to customers. So that's one half of what you can talk about. I think the second thing, I had a uh, discussion yeah. with Mark Levy, who was Simon Sinek's coach. I was just talking to him yesterday, and it's amazing how he kept driving home what we know already, but the aspect of how are you different? How are you special? So that's the second kind of pillar I say when I think about customers and marketing. And the last thing I'll put that I do yeah. in my own self-hyute that I think is very important is I'm focused on the long-term mm. gain. We all need to eat. So if you don't have food or whatever, you just go get food, please drive Uber or you know, work at Starbucks or whatever you need to do to provide for your family. Different story. But if you have some revenue getting in, the long-term game, I'm all about relationship building. I would rather be your friend. I'd rather get you to know, like, and trust me. <laughs> and wait. And be patient like a cat. <laughs> and, and build relationship, nurture the relationship, explore your needs, not to mm-hmm. rush. You, can you hire me? Can you hire me? I'd rather just, let's talk. Let's... Be a friend, let's meet for coffee. You, you follow what I mean. You can take the example however you want. And eventually, if you have the need that I have, we are going to work together, all things being equal. So let me pause there. I've said a lot, but that's kind of the high level, uh, and I'm sure there's more we could say, but a high level uh, viewpoint I see about marketing and sales, especially today. I love what you're saying. And I do agree. I think you are talking about building the relationships and weight and I really feel that it is all about relationships. And you know what? I don't care who will work with me. I'm, I'm doing different things because I decided to mainly, after working with 120 entrepreneurs and startups, I decided to mainly bring the same vision and the same, actually, practice and capabilities through online. And um, so I'm not working so much one-on-one. with each company. However, I think, and this is things that I learned from people like you and some others, like Johnny Dumas and uh, Mark Selznayers and Mark Schaefer, it means that um, it's not about who will be my customer. It's about building the relationships and about giving value, real value, because we have value to give. Everyone has, but we chose to give value that helps people to make a living. And then if they need you, they will work with you. And yeah. I think both of us, because I enjoy so much talking with you, and both of us enjoying the relationship as much as we enjoy having a new client. Yes. 
And we know that when you really build relationships and when you really want to help people or to give whatever you can for them to succeed, either as a, you know, as a mentor, as an online mentor, or mm-hmm. by working together, they will come to work with us, but we will impact a lot of people. And I think although money means a lot to all of us, yes. I think bringing value and feel you are valuable is, is even more, isn't it? What do you think? Yeah, no, you're so true. And, and that's why I say, you know, again, I'm cautious. I know you agree that I, we want people to you know, earn a living and they have to, this is not some high pie in the sky. I have rent to pay. Let me just smile all day <laughs> and be nice. Well, you got to get money. But what, assuming your business is running, you're so true. I mean, at the end of the day, transact- my gas station, I have no loyalty to my gas station because they don't really care about being loyal. <laughs> But I think we, we don't want to be the gas station marketing. We want to be people who, when people are thinking, huh, I have a problem. Who can I go to? Ah, let me call Hayut or let me call Ramon or whoever it may be, you know, whatever the solution is. So I think that it's so true. And I think the more marketers can think about let me market to, to establish some sort of a relationship. It may not be a friendship. Maybe that's too, too, yeah. too big of a, you know, too uh, close of a word. Sometimes it is, but yes. It, it could be, but at least some relationship. Yes, correct. Some loyalty, some reason. That's how you, if you capture people's hearts, that's they become longtime customers. My friend, and maybe you know him, uh, John Jans, Duct Tape Marketing. So I think that th- these, he talks about no like, and trust. And I think these things, are so important, building the trust, building the relationship. Uh, and this goes back even to, it's, it sounds very silly, but email marketing. I have a very small database, about 400 branding uh, companies, PR companies, agencies that I email every once in a while. It's not a sales thing. It's 90% advice for them, a tip for them. I mean, and I think about it very carefully. Sure. My open rate is high. It's higher than my other content because this list is, it's a small list, only 300 mm. or 400 people, but it's precious because this is one third, one half of my revenue, if that makes sense. Whatever. Of course it does. And uh, I want to tell you something else. And I w- I'm curious uh, what you think about that, because I left the corporate world and the big leading brands, which was great. But I left it 12 years ago. I told you I got some offer from VC. And I went to study this market. I found out that I don't want to be a part of a VC. I'm a brand builder. I'm a people person. I don't want to handle money. But then I discovered that entrepreneurs and startup founders are not using the magic of marketing. Sometimes, especially in this uh, digital marketing age, they are doing the right things, but they are not using the magic of marketing or the understanding. Mm. What is there that they can really contribute to? And I decided to do that. And I've done that and I've been doing that for 12 years. But, and I worked company by company. It was at the beginning mostly Israeli companies and then more and more from the U.S. and from all over the world. And suddenly I found that a new wave of entrepreneurs, two, two waves of entrepreneurs started to get into this industry. And one wave was, and it still does all the time, are those who really, really excited by the opportunity of the big money. Mm. I'm talking about those that the most exciting thing for them 
is finding the investment and having the exit. And if it can be day after a day, it's the best. Right. And mm -hmm. then I said, no, I don't want to work with those people. And I think mm. they don't want to work with me because they don't really <laughs> want to build something. They don't really want to impact many people and many companies and to see them strive. They want to do a great, um, sometimes it can be like stock exchange or some other things. And right. I don't want to work with them. I want to work with people that really building something. It can be building relationships. It can be building technology or idea or anything. And also want to make big money. It's perfectly okay. The other wave that got in a lot of startup founders that really see themselves right. as entrepreneurs just because they left the nine to five, but also they're trying to do something mm -hmm. else. They're not a haircutter. They're not opening their own bookstore, physical bookstore. They're trying to take their own capabilities and build some kind of a service around that. And this is so beautiful. Yeah. Because it's so unique. People are trying to build what they are given around what they are really good at. And those people I really love to work with. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think what you said, the match is so important. I think oftentimes we strive to work with people that we really don't like. But I think the match is everything and so essential. I think that's one. And I think I like what you're saying is that, again, money is important. But I think how you're making and what drives you is more important. I've been reading <laughs> uh, Dave Ramsey's book, Entree Leadership, E-N-T-R-E, -E, Leadership. And for me as a business owner, I've been trying, to, I'm not trying, I am focused less on the speeds and feeds of business and more on how can I lead the right team, build a business, and why am I doing it? My goal is to help people. You told us your yeah. dream. You're not dreaming only about big money. You didn't right. talk about it. You're dreaming to have your own show so you can impact people. That, that's great. And the second, though, the, that's the show. But even beyond the show, my goal is to be able to give money to others, young, young people who can't afford education, who are having a difficult time of life. That's my secret, bigger vision for what I want to do. Really? So, yes. Wow. <laughs> so, can you tell us about this a bit? Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is I just think there's so many people. I Often I speak in realms of what I'm not. You know, listen, people have issues with cancer, with homelessness, with domestic violence, climate, all those things. That's not for me, meaning they're important, but that's not what gets me excited. What gets me excited is that 16-year-old girl that's been abused. Wow, I cheer up all the time when I talk like this. What gets me excited is wow. that 25-year-old guy who's overweight, who's all the time told in life that he can't wow. succeed. That's what yeah. gets me excited. So I want to right. build my wealth. Because I want to be able to, and there's many people already doing this, but I want to add what I can. It's more than money, but money is scalable to help people like this. So beyond the TV, my secret, secret goal is to build my company so that I can help more people, not in business, but young people. Because old people, you and I, Hayut, we are who we are. We're hard-headed. We won't listen. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Little babies, I can't help. That's a whole nother, you know, there's parents, there's adoption agencies, but young people, that 16-year-old, that 21-year-old, that's the age where they can make decisions where just somebody hugging them, somebody giving them a, a chance at job, that's how you can make an impact. I really love that so much, and I agree with you so much. Ron, I want to ask you, you have a lot of successes, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I would like to ask you to share with us 
your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Can you share that with us? Yeah, there's been, listen, if, if, everybody has failures and I think some are more catastrophic than others. <laughs> I think also some failures are a moment in time. You know, hey, I, you know, did this, I did that and some are continuous. But I think two I can speak of and I think, or two or three, let's see where this goes and you can help me. <laughs> Only if you promise me that you are bringing the same amount of successes afterwards because I know you, you're too yes. modest. <laughs> I'll try. But I think one is that I think over the last few months, and this is more of a recent failure, I'm kicking myself and I haven't been focused on leadership in my business as much as I have, and I just already said this, but as much as I have been what I call speeds and feeds, how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, retargeting, AI, bot tar- marketing, all these things, which are important. But I'm so focused more on how can I be a better leader and focus on, focus on things that nobody else can do. So that's one. Failure meaning, I, I wish I had done this before, but I didn't know and it is what it is. Hmm. Okay, so the failure is that you started late? Uh, started late with a shift in mindset. Mm-hmm. I've started four businesses, you know, and still do, and et cetera. But meaning late to the game of being a better business owner. So that's... Mm-hmm. That's one type of failure. The second one, very tactical. I recall once I, I for example, I do events. And I recall ex- trying to expand an event that I was doing to California, which, okay. of course, as most people know listening, 2,000 or so miles on the West Coast of the USA. And wow. uh, it didn't work. What do you mean? I lost $50,000. Well, well I, I, I spent about $50,000 between the hotel and food. Uh People, about what, a handful of people came, not the 100 plus I thought. Sponsors were a little annoyed. Brands were upset. I was frustrated. It was, in essence, a failure. Yeah, we can say tongue-in-cheek learning lesson, but they even failed. That's the bottom line. And my wife was pissed off because of the money I wasted. <laughs> so, so meaning, so I've shared two failures. One is a point in time doing an event, spending money that did not work. That's one failure I can think of for sure. But what is the lesson? What is the lesson of that? Oh, the lesson of being a leader, I think it's very clear, although mm-hmm. I'd be happy to hear how you see that. But what was the lesson of the event? Because you have so much experience and you're so successful. So what was the lesson? Yeah, I think the big lesson is bigger than what happened. And this is something that I have a problem with. But the biggest lesson is don't rush so much. Hmm. Be more careful in thinking. And start smaller, you know, and some of it is more practical. You have an email list, but Ramon, most of your list is in the east of the USA. So those are more tactical things. But I think just being more thoughtful, more practical, starting smaller, giving more time. Sometimes we, which I really mean me, rush so much. And I think I'm trying to learn to slow down <laughs> and be thoughtful. I love that so much because... I think that a lot of people are thinking that once you start to succeed, you are not failing in, in small failures anymore. You won't have a, an empty event. You won't have a right. fault campaign. You won't waste your money. And we are making mistakes all the time, especially in this era. Yes. Because... Yeah, and you know what? How, let, let me, I'm going to tell you a failure that just happened to me yesterday. Wow. Tell me that. And here's why I want to tell it to you, because this is an interesting point on failure. And I'm not a failure expert, as you, as you know, I'm not Simon Sinek here, but <laughs> my point, we can talk about it. It's that, and it just hit me 
meaning I just thought to t share with you, with your audience and you, is that I think too. So those who are not failing, I am a firm believer, they may be too comfortable. They may be sure. not taking enough risk. And I'm not saying this to promote myself, and I didn't think about it until just now. But I realize how you, I am going to fail, not in a big way, because that's just insanity and you lose money, you yeah. lose business. But meaning I think I'm always a tinkerer and I'm willing to make acceptable risks. So sure. there's bigger failures, like you asked me, what can you learn from it? I'll never do that again, never lose $50,000, $100,000. That's never gonna mm. happen, ever. However, will I lose 1,000? Will I lose 500? Will I lose 2,000? Will I hire somebody wrong? Yeah, I'll probably do that for the next 40 years. Hmm. But that's because my DNA, I'm an explorer, an experimenter, a creator. So like, for example, I had an event called the Smart Hustle Pitch, gathering together 100 people to pitch to the media, yeah. podcasters and bloggers and journalists. I've done it before. I've seen it before. The events sell out and you can get 100 or more people. This event was supposed to be, depending on people hearing it, in the next few days, let's call it, for sake of uh, when people hear this. So point is, is that, I just had to postpone, quote unquote, or cancel it yesterday. Why? Why? Maybe because the Labor Day weekend in the U.S., it was immediately after August, the summertime. So my point being, Hayud, is that even though I had that big failure I talked to you about, it just hit me. I'm going to keep making small failures in my journey of experimentation and learning, if that makes sense. It does. And I think all of us entrepreneurs today are willing to fail. Yes. And I want to tell you that I'm talking about it a lot. I was 21 years with the big leading brands. We had some failures, but all the way of talking with people were the same. We had TV, we had newspapers, we had radio, and we had outdoors. And mm. okay, one campaign wasn't so successful, the other was, but today, when you're talking one-to-one -one and things are changing every half an hour, we are going to fail all the time. But we yes, are also yes. going to succeed all the time because there are so many opportunities out there and we can reach anyone. So I think that's the story today. And I loved your stories about really particular failures. But now... I want to ask you, and you almost made a promise, and I'm going to ask for that, to tell me about your biggest or what, we, um, what I call the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers because both events that uh, you talked about uh, were something about customers. And mm. I know that everything that you succeed with is also about because you are so good with customers. So I want a few stories of successes. Yeah, sure. And I think that for me, of course, it's, you know, like my failures, there's probably not one defining moment. I will tell you a few uh, celebrity type of things, but, but not one defining moment, but I think a few uh, things along the journey that I'm very proud of. But I think one, like, uh, is on my bio. I think it was really cool that I was able to interview President uh, Obama, that was really, really cool. Just Tell us about it. Yeah. It's, it's a great story. I now I remember that you told me about it. Absolutely. Google, uh, which, is own, which owns YouTube, had a contest uh, where you apply. This is at the beginning of the president's uh, uh, presidency. Apply to uh, interview the president. And it's my understanding that 300,000 Americans applied uh, or others applied to speak to interview the president. And they only picked five people. I was one of the five. And 
I think the reason that happened, I, again, I think, goes back to the whole aspect of building relationships, getting people to know, like, and trust you, thinking outside the box. So everybody at the time was thinking, you know, what is it like to be president? What's your limousine look like? Um, you know, what do you eat for breakfast? Just stupid questions. I say it jokingly. <laughs> but my question, you know, I got it from actually a friend of mine was uh, at the time there was some talk about what they're going to do with small businesses in the administration. The point is, I think I asked a smart question that was different. So that's that's one example. <laughs> I can so what exactly it was about the small businesses? Yeah, well, I asked about there was something about the government was going to uh, the U.S. government move some of the departments to better serve or not serve small businesses. So that was kind of my question. It wasn't so political that it would embarrass the president, but it was a nice leading for him to talk about small business. And I think that's why they picked it. It was relevant, but it was fun. And because this is really the edge of small businesses for a few years already, and it's going to be so It probably was a question that they know that is going to be very interesting for so many people that hear in that. Exactly. And I think to your point to educate your commu- your audience, I think also the question, but I think if it helps people listening, it's I was interviewed three or four times. So the question may have been half or one third, and I, I don't know how to describe it how you I, I can't there's no science on this. I mean, there is probably, but my point is <laughs> it's the art of communication, of fun, of, of your voice, getting people to like you. That's the other half. Because maybe if J- John Doe asked the same question, they would have said, John, thanks. Let's pick somebody else. But I think that blend of how do you make people feel? How do mm. people, when they hear it, and so people are always going to see you. You can even telegraph excitement, happiness, passion, confidence in a voice. So yeah. I think that was part of it as well. I'm sure it was. And I want to uh, tell our listeners that the last time when we made the interview, <laughs> the first, our first interview, I think this was part of the, the problem there. But we stopped it because somebody was um, cutting the lawn. Yes, yes. Uh, outside your window. And you asked me to call you again. You did it very nicely, but you didn't want to send them. And they said, "Let us just do our work here, and then right. we'll go far away from here." And I called you again, and they were just before finishing, and you talked with them through the window, and I heard it. And you said, "Thank you for the hard work you are doing for us here." And it wasn't connected to anything. It wasn't thank you about doing it fast and letting us talk. It was just thanking them about the job that they are doing for you. Yes. And even not directly for you, and I love that so much because the ability to thank someone just for what they are doing, the ability to yes, see that absolutely. and that's the relationships that you are talking about yeah and, and it's so true, Hayut, and I know we don't have all day, so you stop me whenever you want, but I think that <laughs> and the reason why that's in my heart because i again the, the the world is split many ways, you're a global person, you're much more global than I am, but my point is is that. Just because I know that the world doesn't stop in the US. <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> I am sure about that, but I'm sure that you aren't sure about that. <laughs> but, um, but I'm very cognizant, and let's forget north-south uh, poverty globally, but just speaking about uh, you, again, you can help me reword this. What I'm trying to say is that I never forget when I go to a hotel, the maid who cleaned my room is getting minimum wage. I never forget the fancy events I go to at the brands. There's the staff dressed all in black who hold the platter of food. They're not getting paid a lot. Now, this is not a political thing. My point being, 
So I always go to them, to the DJ, to the staff, to the carpet cleaner, wow. to the Uber driver, and just say thank you. And part of that, because I, one of the biggest things I remember at the UN, my boss, a Frenchman, he, he admitted to me, Ramon, I haven't been the best boss in all this. I'll never forget, he put his hand on my shoulder. I can feel it right now. And he said in his French accent, I'm going to try to mimic him, which is a bad accent, but something, Ramon, I just want to say, thank you. <laughs> thank you for what you're doing here. Something like that. And it was a bad accent. Oh, wow. But point is, I'll never forget the touch and him just saying, thank you. It erased all of our problems. And how passionate we are and how inspired we are after that. We can reach the sky. After such a word that we hear from our boss, and it means that he believes in us. He means that he sees what we do. I think it's so powerful, and that's what you're doing. Ramona, just remember, talk with me just for a few seconds, a few minutes, about the work that you did in the UN, because I remember you told something about that, and you didn't mention it now. I think it was interesting. What was the story there? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, while at the United Nations, I was, um, and I don't, I don't know if I'm saying the same thing I've said before, but I was managing an office. So I worked at the uh, think tank, I'll call it, a, a educational arm of the UN. The UN have, has, of course, UNDP and other offices which are helping to feed people and build wells and the development of people. The UN has, of course, the military arm with security issues and things of this nature uh, and, and, and so many other different Areas that the UN has a big focus on children, of course, and et cetera. But I worked for kind of the think tank. There's a, different agencies in the UN that, it sounds silly, but think about the future, you know, uh, cities and population and all these things. So that's where I worked, in an office in New York City, and I was the uh, a manager of the office. I wasn't dealing with the substantive programmatic work, but yeah. my job was to make the office run day to day. Yeah. I still want one or two successes oh, yes, from yes. <laughs> the last years. I want it from being an entrepreneur because this story about Obama is a beautiful one. Yes. But I know you have much more. Yeah, I'll give a few more. I think, I think one of the biggest for me was I always like it when clients call me back again and again and again. So there's a big billion-dollar client, uh, Hayut, and uh, you know the name. Most of the world knows the name, billion-dollar client. And it's just I started to work with them because the lady said, Ramon, I know you eat burnt pancakes and bacon every Saturday morning. We see your videos. We've watched you. We want you to come and host this big event with this billion-dollar brand. So that, that's – and I'm, I'm, the story is not even done yet with them. But the point is that's one success just through content. So this is, a, this is what you do, right, through marketing and content, how I've earned tens of thousands. It's probably over 100 it could be, but tens of thousands I'll call it, quote-unquote from content. So that's hmm. one. But to carry this further, they've asked me to come and work with them many, many times. They work with people who are in the news every day. We know these people. I've been honored to host and be on stage with many of these people through this, through pancakes and burnt bacon. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been able to do it. So that, that's one. And I can share one or two more, but I'll pause there if you want. But that's one example of success I'm very proud of. You should, and it's all about this unique capability of be a person to person. I mean, be there, yeah. talk with people, talk about everything. And I think it's the same. I think it comes back again and again and again, and so beautiful. Ramon, 
can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus sure. marketing or sales? However, yeah, absolutely. I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I want something that really helps you to succeed so much. Yes. I want something that you are using. Yeah, for and sure. It might help our listeners as well. Absolutely. And I think there's two parts to the question. One is the tool, but more important than the tool, everyone listening, is how you're using it. Because tools are dime a dozen. And I'll tell you how I'm using it, the tools, et cetera. But the key is to use it. And when right. I say about to use it part of, I found that the biggest growth in my business has been follow-up, 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 and follow-up. Assuming that I'm, tar- let's say me and Hayut, we're friends. She likes me. I like her. I need something from her. I need her to give me 100 US dollars. She wants to do it, but she's busy. Right now. Yes. Well, now it's fine, but let's pretend at some point. She wants to do it, but guess what? She has 50 other people asking her for the $100. So my point being, I'm going to, hey, how are you? How are you? End of story. Next week, how's the family going? End of story. Hey, just a reminder, would you, did you want to give me that $100? Hey, you know what? I'm coming to your area of the woods. Would you like, my point being, assuming she wants to do it or she's inclined to do it in some way, follow-up is everything. So I can go to the tools or pause a minute. But... I love it so much. I must Please. jump in. First of all, because a few of my mm-hmm. guests here, and especially, you know, the real estate ones, because it's a bit similar to what you talked about, the $100. Yeah. But a few of the successful entrepreneurs that talked here said or told a story about failures with follow-up. Mm. They said, I didn't follow up yep. enough. I left so much money on the table. And you know what? I'm always saying what I do as my volunteer job that I have chosen a few years ago because many young people, but not only, I have a way to help them to understand what they're one of a kind of and what they should uh, right. be doing professionally. And I'm doing it once in a while. Only very close people to me can, can uh, recommend because I can't do it mm. all day. It's not, I, I'm not taking any uh, money for that. But when I'm doing it, and it's not part of my daily job, I always tell them, and I always tell them, look, I'm so, so louded right. with things. But yes. I want to do that. It makes me happy. I'm enjoying that. I do want to help you with that. It's on you not to feel yes. um, embarrassed and to reach me again and send me a message and say, we didn't set right. the appointment yet. Or it's on you to, I always yes. to bother me. And I ask you, please bother me. So exactly. That's what you're saying. And I always told my salespeople, we don't stop calling or ringing or being in touch with a potential client until they tell us, please, we decided not to. They tell us, not now, but maybe in two months I'll be ready. We will call them in two months. Exactly. My friend Adrienne Miller, she has a business called Adrienne's Network. And she said she called somebody 30 or so times but kept changing the, the voicemail and things. So no, no, change the voicemail, meaning every time she called, she would change the, the messaging in a good way. And by the 31st time she called, the guy finally picked up the phone and said, Adrian, I already know what you want. You have the deal. 
because she left a different message on his voicemail each time. And especially, again, as we said, you have to have the right fit. And now if Hayut doesn't have $100, let's say she doesn't like guys who wear blue shirts, you know, whatever the silly example, then I have a wrong fit. I can talk to her all day yeah. long. I'll just annoy her eventually. So, but, um, but yeah, but the tools, you asked about tools and things that I use. Um, a few. Yeah. I think what one, is the tool? This happens to be an Israeli company, I think as well. I, I use the tool Magisto, M-A-G-I-S-T-O. That's video creation. Mm-hmm. I did it just yesterday. I pulled together some images from an event. Magisto automatically added sound and transitions, which takes a long time to do manually, into a video. But guess what? I used Audacity to then record my voice as a voiceover. Guess what? Yeah. I then used Adobe to bring in the video from Magisto, <laughs> and I created a second video because Magisto, because it's an app, has some limitations, right? So I'm a firm believer in hacking. Magisto is great for what it does. I use another tool to create voiceover, and then a third tool, we all know Adobe, to blend them together. But it's, I did it in about 10 minutes. So that's one tool. Yeah, but you are a technological person, <laughs> and I want a tool yeah, that everyone still, can Magisto, use. Magisto, everyone can use it. You pull your picture together, and you hit a button, okay, and good. it creates it. I was just giving a little ninja secrets of right. how I kind of did a little more with it. Of course, and now we say, oh, he is MacGyver. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of MacGyver of tools. Yes, I am. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so the second thing is, I th- going back to the aspect of follow-up, there's several tools that, that I use that are good. I think one is Asana, A-S-A-N-A. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the tool that I use. Uh, they have a free version, but I'm a firm believer in paying for things as well if it warrants it. And there's many tools that compete with Asana, but the key is I, people ask me, Ramon, how do you get everything done? My, I am a master of my email box. It is not my master I, and my calendar. So using Asana and a calendar system and very good with email, my day goes pretty well. So that's point two. Asana I use, but blending with other tools of productivity. That's two. Yeah. Three, going back to the aspect of customers. Now we'll get into the marketing I'm a firm believer in email marketing, a firm believer in marketing automation. So I use uh, Infusionsoft okay. for my fan building, my community nurturing. If, then that. If they don't do this, then do that. If five days pass, then do this. So Infusionsoft is one of the leading tools for marketing automation. And of course, other tools that come to mind, Salesforce Essentials, HubSpot, uh, Zoho, MailChimp has some good tools. MailChimp and some of them are free because I think Infusionsoft, some very new entrepreneurs, perhaps they're a bit too big for them. I'm not sure. I don't know. It depends on what you're doing. Let me put it that way. Meaning, and, and, and by the way, their name has changed to Keep now, K-E-A-P, oh. I think. But the point is, people have thought that, but I guess it goes back to what you're doing. You can be a one-person business, but if you have a funnel of 100,000 sure, names... Sure. You need to automate sure. that. Sure. So hence, it depends on what you're, if you're a business coach with 10 clients, you won't need Infusionsoft right. for sure, but it depends. So, so that's one tool. Infusionsoft, which I think is, I like it for what I call community building, meaning large scale automation of, of thousands or hundreds of people. Two is I use Zoho. Now people may think Zoho and Infusionsoft compete and they do compete to a degree, but they all have different strengths for my needs. I'm just talking about me. So I use the Zoho tool, uh, CRM tool, for my deals. And that's not with a thousand of people. That's just with my 50, 20, 30 clients. Wow. So I can know 
who I've sent a deal to, who I need to follow up with. Ramon, there are many things that affect one's success. But I believe that for each of us, there is one thing, one factor that really affects our success. And I want to ask you, what is this one key success factor for you? I think one key success factor for me, Hayut, has been the ability to build genuine relationships with people and let people know, like, and trust me. That is the absolute key to my success. Definitely. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Fantastic. And, oh, now we came to my mountain question. And I'm not going to, um, to share my part of why it is a mountain question. I'll do it afterwards. I just remind you, I imagine uh, marketing as climbing mountain. And I want to ask you whether you ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain or do you have any relationships with mountains <laughs> at all? And I mean physically. Sure. A mountain, literally a mountain, but you can also take it to the metaphor if you prefer to. Absolutely. So listen, I want to climb a mountain, the biggest mountains. I love grappling and all those things, but I haven't climbed a real mountain. However, I have climbed a rock wall rock and that was rock. a pretty cool experience. So yes, I know mountain climbing can be tough. <laughs> it is. I remember that you had some story about it. Ah, yes. Yeah, for sure. Listen, rock climbing is an interesting experience similar to mountain climbing. I think one, you have to start. Two, there is danger. Three, sometimes you get the support of others. Sometimes you have to go alone. Four, it is scary. Five, don't look down so much. Look up and uh, keep going. That sounds great, but why did you start rock climbing when it happened? Yeah, so rock climbing, I did this once as part of a camp. So I'm not a rock climbing expert, but <laughs> you asked for my experience. So one time or two times, I have been on a rock wall, like a literal rock, but the rock wall you go up and learn leadership and learn team building with teams. So that's my little mini, tiny, tiny mountain story. Fantastic. Ramon, I would like to thank you so much. We will put in our show notes all the places that people can find you and get in touch with you. I enjoyed this second conversation even more than I did with the first one. Pleasure. And I would like to thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Take care, Hayu. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website reachormiss.com. See you next week.